Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Great cigar movie. Mark for death. <laughs> Bunch of arms getting broken in that one. That's the one what where he's in it? that's one where he's in a coma for ten years and then he wakes up and there's no fatigue whatsoever and he just starts kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Steven Seagal movie where he stops in the middle of the highway because somebody has put a puppy into a black garbage bag and left it on the road? That and is, he, um, oh my God, that's his first movie. That is, oh, uh, what is that called? I watched that at my cousin's house when I was a kid. That it could be the worst me. acting ever. Um, you got to find out what this is. Steven Seagal. Looking pretty rough these days, but can oh, yeah. still kick your ass nine ways till Sunday. Above the law. There you go. Above the law. Yeah. Oh, God. He's like a buddy with... Have you ever seen um or listened to Steven Seagal in the Crystal Caves, his album? No. <laughs> oh, my friend. You should listen to it just because it is a train wreck of epic... I'm going to listen it's like to it a, right now. It's a cacophony of horror. What is it? Steven Seagal and what? From the Crystal Caves. And he's best friends with Putin. <laughs> I'm going to give a quick listen to this. Oh, we're starting off strong. <laughs> Didn't he have that album out when he uh, hosted Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Okay. I think he, he, wanted, to be the musical, he wanted to be the musical guest too. Yeah. yeah. It's so bad. He's such a terrible actor. And every one of his movies for years was like three, it's just three words. Above so we the got law. to Hard the, to kill. the actual good one. Marked for death, out for justice, under siege, on Above deadly the ground. Law, right. But then, uh, under siege the was actually ship. pretty that, good. That yeah, under siege? Siege. that's under siege. Yeah, that's, that's where he's the, the Navy SEAL who's the, uh, the cook. He's the cook, yeah. Yeah. Executive Decisions isn't bad, but he also dies in the first 15 minutes, so. Which was good. Yeah. That helped that movie. I have to say, I do. I my, my, I bought the first one, so that's above the law, I guess, on Laserdisc all the way back. And my my father loved it, so I, I ended up buying the first two or three on Laserdisc. Oh, God. And they're still around here somewhere. But I did I did buy Hard to Kill for $2 about a month ago. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he well, met. It's got his uh, wife in it. That, it's got rocked. his wife Ex-wife. In it. Ex-wife. <laughs> Well, at that point, wife. At that point, wife, yeah. So, Steven Seagal and Songs from the Crystal Cave. (laughs) Not as terrible as I'd imagined. Not good. (laughs) Better than Pat Boone singing metal? 
I get what is with this like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan ass album cover. I don't know of him like practically licking the neck he's of this guitar. Yeah, he's fondling the guitar with his his sunburst guitar with all the nicks and scratches in it because he plays hard. And his big ass yeah. blue like opal ring or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like low rent Johnny uh, Depp. A little bit. God damn it, Steven Steven Seagal, you've given us so much. But you've taken so is much. Is he a terrible too. person? He's probably a terrible person. He's a te- he's best friends with Putin. Oh he, he supports Vladimir Putin and he does like all these like um Get uh, special karate shows in chain in like like Chechnya and oh, all these awful Eastern Bloc countries. Yes, he is a piece of shit. I did not know this. <laughs> yes. Wow, you learn something every day. Every every Monday night on my I'm up to date on my Steven Seagal shenanigans. You have been on top of this conversation ever since it started. <laughs> oh, my brother and I used to watch every Steven Seagal movie like late at night, HBO Max, come home a little yeah. hammered and just like let's watch some Under Siege or Marked for Death, Hard to Kill. Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme were Two oh, movie yeah. stars that I watched with my cousins, Danny, Jeff, and Chris. And we would watch the crap yeah. out of those movies, especially like Bloodsport. Bloodsport oh, was a big awesome. one. Um, Kumite. There was another one. It wasn't Universal when Soldier. You, there was another Van... Universal Soldier is a good movie. Hold on. I love that movie. <laughs> Time Cop? Time Cop's no, good. No, that wasn't it. Um, but did you ever see Double Team where he, he plays twins yes, and he's a yes, terrible actor twice? <laughs> yes, I have. Isn't that, is that with Dennis Rodman? No, that's um. Oh my god! No, Double that's... Team is is Dennis Rodman. Double Team is Double yeah, Rodman. Wow, that's a that's yeah. a title for a movie. Dude, so you want if you actually want to see a good Van Damme movie besides the where he plays himself in that weird thing? Oh, uh, uh, the James. It's hard. It's Hard Targets, directed by John Woo. Oh yeah, Hard Target. Yeah, which is, is a remake you... of Most Dangerous Game. Lance Hendrickson's ah, got some real good people in it. Cyborg, yeah. that's the one. I'm oh yeah, of. Cyborg. That's a movie that goes nowhere. It's <laughs> just people in trench coats running through some post-apocalyptic nightscape, and it never fucking goes anywhere. And all that Van Damme does is the splits occasionally. It's such a bad movie. It's awesome. <laughs> they made a sequel. There's a Cyborg too. I know. Why? Why? He's oh. oh, I forgot that he's a last action hero. I love that movie. Unapologetically, yeah. I love that movie. He was in Kickboxer, and then somebody took over the Kickboxer franchise, and they were actually better movies. He was guile straight in the, to DVD. the Street Fighter movie with Raul Julia oh, as Bison. God, that's right. Good lord! Oh my god, he's in a mega death hear- video. You could always count on Van Damme to do the splits and Seagal would always do that arm move where he snaps somebody's arm and so you see the bone. Guaranteed. I love how you can track these these action stars careers where it's them starring in a series of movies as themselves. But as you scroll up through their IMDb page, it's them playing themselves in like (laughs) animated movies as gags. Yeah, you know, like Jean Claude Van Damme in is uh, in Kung Fu Panda Three as Master Croc, <laughs> Kickboxer Vengeance, Kickboxer Retaliation. Damn, they made a lot now, of these. Now, 
do you take that as a compliment if you're asked to be in Kung Fu Panda? I would or think is so. Like, oh my god, I want to be I in Kung Fu Panda. Yes. I'm sure they didn't ask Steven Seagal to be in Kung Fu Panda. That's beneath Steven Seagal. Oh wow, he's bu- he's busy being a sheriff or whatever. Yes. He was oh yeah. Oh yeah. His A and E show yep. where he was the cop. <laughs> he got licensed as a cop in a small Arizona town, just like that racist piece of shit who started his own camp. <sighs> Oh, Either Steven you Seagal. you live long Piece enough to shit. become Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> or you see yourself as the villain Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Stallone kind of had a renaissance. Stallone has a reality show coming out called The Family uh, Stallone. It's him, his wife, and his three daughters. Get ready! All right, I watched his show on um that Tulsa King on Paramount. Yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty good. It's by um. Sheridan, the guy who did Yellowstone. Yeah, oh, believe me, I know, my friend. I have. Uh, okay. okay. I am deep in the Sheridan overse over at work. Okay. There's not a day Are that goes a- by. <laughs> I am so sick and tired of writing about Taylor Sheridan and all of his shows. I'm. I hope everybody has a good time. I hope you enjoy yourselves. I am just. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so over it. I'm so sick of it. I'm enjoying most of them, but I will say this. His writing is very formulatic. No you can tell shit. Every, every show has the same progression in the same episode. It's like you can predict when it's going to happen. Oh, I hate that. It, I don't like that. Yeah. And they never get anywhere. <sighs> He's got like, like nine yeah. shows. I am not kidding. He's got like a billion dollar contract with Paramount. Yeah, he's he's a big deal over Anything there. he wants to do. Hey, look, you know what? Don't worry like... about mayors of Kingstown with Renner and in hospital. Yep. He's not going to get out for a while. Oh, he's out. I know, but he's not going to be able to do anything for. No, he announced he like his, his first thing since whatever, but I don't know what it was. Um, maybe boy, maybe he'll be in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, February fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. John Burkle is losing his mind in the background. Sorry. I'm here. Still laughing from the pre-show. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> this is episode... Uh, Bob Bob Ryer is here as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Happy belated Valentine's Day, everybody. Ah, Valentine's Day, my mother's birthday. Ooh. So, happy birthday, Mom. And, uh, yeah. They, What's up? They celebrate Valentine's Day on the 14th, or is it like another Canadian thing where it's like a month ago? <laughs> We do celebrate it on the 14th, okay. just like just checking. the other made-up holidays. Because uh, I know your Thanksgiving's in October. Look, man, it's it's awesome having that in October, not in November. You're going to be bothered with all that. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me is Bob Ryer and Mr. John Burkle. It is just the three of us this week. I haven't decided if I'm going to include all the Jean-Claude Van Damme banter in the after credits or before. So you guess is as good as mine. Uh, I have an announcement to make. This is You're making a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Van Damme, yes. whatever. Van Damme will be on next week. <laughs> yeah. Double team two, even more double trouble. <laughs> <laughs> even more double team yes <laughs> oh boy where's chris when i need yeah, him? yeah yeah that's a different movie <laughs> yeah it's co-starring the olsen twins and the saska sisters yeah oh boy uh i'd like to see them together in a movie right 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is my last podcast in this house. <sighs> Can I tell you guys a story? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Bronwyn and I have been going through it with this uh, moving stuff. We have to be out of our place within a finite amount of time. And we haven't locked down a place yet. We had one going, it looked good, and then it came time to sign the paperwork, right? And there was this piece of paper in the paperwork, and it was, you can't use the basement as a, as a living space. And I'm like, hold on a minute. There's a laundry room unfinished, five times the size of the one that we have now, you obviously use for storage. And there's also a finished part where you would presumably put a couch and a TV and you would hang out down there. Bronwyn and I are very much basement dwelling people. You know, we're down there every evening. And so we asked the realtor about it and the realtor was like, Oh, it's fine. Just, you know, just sign it. Everybody, everybody uses that space for whatever. And like our, our minds were kind of blown because suddenly everything got really shady like if you were moving into a place and then all of a sudden you found out that you can't use a third of it, you'd be you'd back out and you'd be upset, right? Yeah, I mean obviously that's where the guy keeps his bodies and his his gear. Well, so buried in a no. drum in the corner. Like, uh, but no, here's the thing: though, what's that, the? Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was just saying no. That that sounds shady as hell, and you don't want to. You don't want to be paying full full rent and not being able to use the full right every bit of the space living space. What I what I want to ask I don't want to sound like a you know building inspector or whatever. Um, what are what what are the zoning rules up there as opposed to here where if you had a living space in a basement you'd have to have outside egress. Oh you yeah, have to have a door outside. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. No, and that's that's the thing is like they're trying to cover their asses by putting that stuff in there so nobody makes yeah. it into another bedroom. And like, I, right. I totally get that. And you want to, yeah. you know, you want to cover your asses and everything. But like, it was a major, major deal breaker for us because we were trying to see if we could get that amended and kind of clarify what they mean by only being able to use the basement as storage space. It just, it, it suddenly became a thing where you felt like perhaps if like they didn't like you or something, they could come to your window and see that you're actually chilling out down there. And then according to your contract that you signed, like you violated the rules and they can just mm -hmm. kick you out. It oh, just, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think they were trying to make sure that you didn't like have a sub tenant or something down there. Yeah. It, it sounds like that yeah. rather than anything nefarious. Cause I, I mean, my house, I had a, um, who I bought it from rented out every room. So for the first five years I lived here, I had to like, like just kind of repair everything. And the basement I had to put in a, um, like a, a proper window that if in case of emergency, somebody could get out. Mm -hmm. So if I ever wanted to use the room or one of the kids wanted to move in there, it's, it's, you know, safe and valid yeah. rather than having it just the way I think they're just trying to cover themselves legally. I don't think they're taking it. Like they're going to kick you out. If you live, if you put stuff down, I there. think so too. But like the language of it was really, really weird. And also yeah. we're like, we were looking to move into a place where we were basically just taking the layout that we have now and replicating it and putting our stuff in another space. Um, now that that's no longer happening, we've gone a completely different way. Uh, and we're waiting to hear back about this uh, other place. So 
by this time next week, hopefully I will have all of this stuff figured out, but I'm going to be away for uh, the next two weeks on the show. So uh, don't burn the place down while I'm away, please. Woohoo! <laughs> Assistant editor month. <laughs> yeah. Remember those, Bob? <laughs> I used to love those. I used to love When them. the Avengers would appear on David Letterman or whatever. My favorite was the Alpha Flight number six, where it was the snow issue, and like seven yeah. of the pages are just white panels. It was a big battle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sasquatch in, in a snowstorm at the airport. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> Incredible. So we do have some comics for you this week. We also have a couple of news items. Stuff got announced. Excuse me. There were trailers that happened during and, and in and around, I will say, the Super Bowl that yeah, that was crap. This that was crap. This past Sunday. What? Listen, go download the trailer. Go somewhere else. You can't show it to me during the game while I'm sitting there watching the game. No, fine, fine. Marvel. What happened? Wow. What happened with Whoa, Marvel? Bob? During the game, the, he, they'll show you. They showed you the teaser for the trailer. Okay. And go go to MarvelEntertainment.com on YouTube and look at it over there. Bob can't do two things at once. I was I was not no. home. I was at someone else's oh. house who doesn't. They don't have television, and as we were screaming it on YouTube as already. So yeah, I don't I don't watch any sporting event live anymore. I'm always on like a 20 minute delay, so I just paused it and watched. So it wasn't too bad for me. Did you guys enjoy the game? Yeah, it was a good game. Very good game. Yeah. The only thing I've seen is the Rihanna, Rihanna, a halftime show. Which was spectacular. I've watched it twice. She's eh. incredible. Eh. What? I was so nervous. She yep. is pregnant and she is going up and <laughs> yep. down on those last things. I was I couldn't watch some of it. I like my wife's like, what's wrong? I'm like, this is this is not what you do when you're pregnant. She was but, um strapped in to that thing. She oh, I a, know, yeah. I know, but those things were looking shaky. No, it definitely end. shakes at one point. I was I pointed it out to Brahman when we were watching it. Like I paused, like, oh my god. She's like, What? I'm like, go back, go back. Yeah, um, I I like her, and I I thought the I liked the, a lot of the camera work. I liked the choreography that was going on. I like that. It, I like that it was just her. Everybody's like, "Oh, who's she going to bring as her guest?" And she's like, "No, screw it. People, I can do it all." People wanted Tom Holland to show up to do Umbrella. I did too. <laughs> I expected uh, I expected Jay Z to come out during uh, Run This Town, but nope, it's okay. I think she did good. I think they were probably trying to keep the. This like the choreography and most of the stuff that she was doing, you know, low yeah. maintenance. Um, well, well, last year got crazy with Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent. I mean, they just had everybody. I've never seen that. that. Cool. I never watched that one. That was no, that was really that cool. Was really but I'm just good. saying, Mary it Jay was Lige and everybody. Yeah, was yeah, it was it was sweet, but it was it was a lot going on. So this one was the choreograph choreography here was really good, but it was more simplistic with just her. Yeah, the lip syncing was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was all lip syncing? Because I know some of it was tracked, but some of it looked like she was actually yeah. singing too. No, I'd it's say ninety percent of it was lip sync. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know. but that's fine. I mean, that's how all those concerts are. Look, you can't you can't risk a blowout of any kind in the middle of the Super Bowl. 
So you don't want an Ashley Simpson moment though. Uh, they're doing the I don't you know, know when they had the the, 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 the veteran acts on. It yeah. seemed like that wasn't the case, but you know that's just me. I just you know they're dancing. I don't think Prince. I don't think Prince was lip syncing or Springsteen or whatever. Oh but, God, know. the Prince one in the rain. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. Was that's the that. best. That's that, that was my favorite yeah. of all. Yeah, of that's. I think too. that's my favorite of all time. For sure. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so good. All right, I'm getting no. either that or up with people back from 1967. That was up a good with one too. With the marching bands, uh, did a, uh, a tribute to mayonnaise or whatever it was. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yep. So that's the Super Bowl. We'll go through some of the trailers and the announcements and whatever uh, a little bit later in the show. We've got a fun listener question that we're going to hit later on, but uh, we might as well jump into this thing mr bob would you care to do a lightning round so leading off moon girl moon girl and devil dinosaur by jordan if waco alba glez jose marzon jr lorenzo ruggiero kj diaz and travis lanham where here lunella has broken omg olivia's hold on devil but her Lower East Side neighbor is still under the spell of that Cree influences hair-straightening goop. And no offense meant to Gwyneth Paltrow, of course. <laughs> um, now, Lunella has a plan to fix things, but they go a bit sideways, even as her hair-proud friend Tasha falls in line as a cutie captain. We'll have to wait and see what Moon Girl can do next issue to detangle this mess. Sorry for the terrible pun. Now, quick aside... The first two episodes of the Disney Plus animated series were just amazing. Yes. Everything I was hoping the show could be and and more. I know the uh, producer Lawrence Fishburne grew up here in New York. And just the vibe of Lindell's neighborhood certainly reflects New York's multicultural stuff. Dynamic animation, great stuff with the music going on, nuanced characterizations. I I loved it. I'm going to be watching them again probably when we're done here. Poison Ivy number nine, G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Osmani Elahu. Simply beautifully done Valentine's Day card as, as Harley goes west to visit, telling Ivy, I want to see the world as you do, which includes a side trip into the green before venturing out into the Seattle nightlife under the influence of the Lamia spores. Now, all that said, it's still a romantic tour de force that will just knock you out. You should read it for the holiday. Well, the holidays pass, time travel, who knows. Um, Now, speaking of romance, there's also a Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special just out on HBO Max. And um, it's hilariously profane, but also charming and very romantic as Harley tries to show Ivy the best Valentine's Day ever. And as you can imagine, things don't go the way Harley plans. It includes some wonderful clay face moments. Steve, have you seen it yet? No, I have not. Oh, um, Clayface finds love. Oh, it's just charming. Yes, it's uh, you'll you'll love who he uh, selects you. So you should definitely watch it. Secret Invasion uh, by Ryan North, Francisco Mobley, Jordi Belair, Joe Carmagna continues to be here on this fourth issue. So, so much better than I figured from the solicits. Yes, there's a, in quotes, world-changing threat involved with this Skrull incursion. But the crux of the story has been flat-out spy stuff, with a truly badass Maria Hill in the lead. 
tons, tons of stuff going on that I love. There is one problem, though. There's only one more issue to go. I I want to see a Maria Hill solo series by this team. Yes. Uh, Secret Secret Invasion Aftermath, maybe. I I I'd be on board. I'm I'm stunned how much I shouldn't be. It's Ryan North, right? But anyway, um, to finish up quickly, Avengers War Across Time, number two by the veteran team of Paul Levitz and Alan Davis with Michelle Rosenberg on colors, Corey Pettit on letters. It brings the Avengers to the Baxter Building. They're seeking to use Doctor Doom's time machine to bring the battle back to Kang after his robotic Hulk nearly wrecked New York City. Thing of it is, the FF aren't home, and as the Wasp points out to Tony and Hank, so Reed Richards is smarter than both of you. Fancy that. (laughs) However, there's always a however in old Marvel stories, and their attempt to start the machine up, plus a mail left on it by Willie Lumpkin, has activated the device with dire dire consequences, because there were always dire consequences in the old Marvel books too, right? John, (laughs) we're we're back there. Man's Marvel classic you couldn't do better except maybe by reading the original 60s books for newer fans seeking a respite from the current storm and drawing i'll bet you'll dig it too and that's it for me i'm so glad to hear you talk so highly about the new moon girl animated series i haven't had the chance to watch it yet but i'm dying to sit down with it even the 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 sort of interesting cutaways as they go to commercial are fun isn't uh, they've aged lunella up a little bit she's more she's a, a young teenager at this point okay but it, it doesn't really affect anything it just deepens the story but you get to see her her family the neighborhood is so vibrant it it looks like the lower east side that sounds it really amazing. does and, isn't um it feels like it i think joey said the first episode was an hour long is that true yes it was nice yeah, the next one is a half hour, but uh, it, it was a wonderful introduction, and you, you just you just want you want more. And that they show two episodes in a shot. There are two more episodes next Saturday at ten a.m. here in the states. Nice. And again, mm-hmm. great use of music in in between, just as little montages and and so on and so forth. The, I mean, some people have compared the animation style to to Spider Man, but not really. Hmm. It has its it has its own flavor, but it it does have sort of that angular, weird color palette thing starts to happen. That it'll break up into something a little different. I, you're gonna you're gonna. It has like dig. really thick line work, doesn't it? For yes. Some of the yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, but then it'll, it'll shatter. It'll shatter into just color images without the the outline, so to speak. I should. Look this. I want to see if I can. Uh... Oh, there's got to be a, a trailer on Marvel somewhere. Oh yeah, there totally is. I just I wanted to look at it for a second to see if it reminded me of anything, and it's yeah. Oh man. All right. Yeah. I gotta I gotta sit down with this once everything is uh, cool around here. We've been busting our asses, but anyway, um, I'm so looking forward to this. This this looks phenomenal we were doing all sorts of stuff for the show for work i was really trying to angle myself in there to go and talk with everybody but it didn't work out Boom. very happy to see also doing the credits which they showed it you know disney does the thing they're running commercials for the next show during the credits mm-hmm. uh whether on purpose or not i'd like to think on purpose 
they, they expanded the credits back out to the full screen when they got to the thanks, which were to Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair and Natasha Bustos and to Jack Kirby. It has, oh, it, the Moon Girl. It has like a Powerpuff Girls meets Samurai Jack kind of vibe to it at least in in what i'm watching on the uh the yeah, trailer oh, yeah. I, I i'll go with both of those but because of the urban setting mm-hmm. it's got different spice to it as well this looks awesome damn it let's just you know what let's just end this thing and so i can go watch one girl. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll uh we'll review it while we go yeah you know what? We'll, we'll pause the show here and then we'll come back and i'll stitch it all together i'll go watch it yeah, we'll watch an hour and a half of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Sure. And we'll be back. We've got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question about Poison Ivy. Um, uh-huh. Without getting too spoilery, I'm a few issues behind. And when I was reading it, she was still, and this is not a spoiler. This happens in the first issue, so don't come for me. She's dying at the start of this new series that you yes. Wilson is doing. Is she, is like you say that Harley's come to visit is she still dying or has she figured that out? She's still infected, but not dying. She had a run in with her creator, so to speak. I don't want to get too far into the weeds that you're not caught up with. Right. But th- things go better. But then an issue or so ago, things got very worse because what what it, what she had done positively got rescinded by a, a nasty mad scientist kind of kind of lady. Oh, that always happens. And she had to work her way back, and now has some new friends out on on the west coast. And but this issue, yeah, Harley, Harley comes to visit, and it is. I don't know. I, I maybe it's me, and it's Valentine's Day. You, I think you need tissues for this one. Uh-huh. All right, I'm adding it to my list of things that I want to get caught up on. Oh yeah, it, 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 Willow is so amazing on this book, and she needs she needs a, a she has a lot to do as it is. I bet she should be doing more comics. Mm. She's so good at what she does. Amen to that. All right, I'm adding Poison Ivy to the list. I've crossed one thing off of this list so far. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting distracted. All right. Um, John, do you want to jump on top of any of uh, Bob's topics, or would you like to? No, I'm. I haven't read any. I I started. I'm waiting for Secret in- Invasion to be done. Then I'll read that, and then I read the first of War Across Time, but I have not read issue number two. Um, but I loved it, it. I loved. Um, did you ever read Untold Tales of Spider-Man, Bob? No, no, Kurt Busiek. It's Kurt Busiek and Pat Olaf way back in the day, and they were filling in the gaps of the original. Oh yes, no, I did. Spin. No, I, I actually have yeah. those somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just I, I packed all mine up the other day when I was putting my boxes together. Um, and this book kind of reminded me of that, how it fits in with, and they're giving you the reading guide of what books to read, so you can go back and read like Avengers sixty, and then jump into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just think that's fun when they do that, and these two. You know, these are legends in the industry, and and I don't know if there's a comic Bob Lovitz or uh, Bob Lovitz doesn't know about. So yeah, yeah. And yet, Kirby esque, Adam esque art to it. It's uh, just absolutely beautiful, and it's written. Paul Lovitz can write in a lot of different tones and whatever. He is definitely channeling Stan. Yeah, yeah, and that I'm in obviously, and. you get the sassy wasp from all the way back then. She calls out Tony and Hank is a lot of fun. And I, I'm in. 
I I knew it ahead of time. Yeah. As opposed to Secret Invasion, which I thought I was going to hate and I'm loving too. Secret Invasion has <laughs> been great. The Maria Hill yeah. series you were talking about, it's been awesome. Yeah. I've been uh, I haven't read four, but I, I've read one through three, and I absolutely uh, love it. And, uh, yeah, I can't say much about it because they're spoilers galore. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I, it's awesome that this came out because I was pretty much still coasting off of reading the original uh, Omnibus with all that, all that stuff. So I would just been introduced to it. And then this came out like maybe two or three months later. And uh, I'm in on the ground floor of this thing. I love it. <laughs> all right. Let's move on because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. John. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I read a ton of stuff this week, but I'm just going to bring a few things to the table. Um, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number one. So this continues the Sins of Sinister. Uh, Al Ewing and Paco Medina, plus J. David Ramos on colors. So this kind of fills in the gaps from Sins of Sinister, number one. Uh, we kind of pick up with Storm after she escaped the Quiet Council. Uh, she's formed a new brotherhood, which is kind of the remnants of Araco and X-Men Red. Um, they're kind of the last line of defense against Sinister and his entire takeover of the universe. Um, they kind of get roped into Mystique and Destiny, but obviously Mystique and Destiny have their own agenda. They're told about Moira, the Moira 10, and uh, if they if they can get a hold of the clone, maybe they can reset the universe uh i'm having fun with this uh this one might not have been as uh snarky and fun as sins of sinister but it very much has a an x-men red vibe because you have al ewing doing it uh so i, I just kind of am having fun with this alternate x-men story uh and then i picked up amazing spider-man number 19 this has a guest team of joe kelly plus terry and rachel Dotson. Uh, oh, yeah. In the wake of uh, Dark Web, uh, Spidey and his current girlfriend, Dark Web, <laughs> Spidey and his current girlfriend, a black cat, uh, decide to get to uh, get away to a long weekend in the Hamptons and kind of recover. Uh, unfortunately, MJ and her husband are also at the same spa because they both took out the um, same discount ad. Uh, <laughs> you know how it is. Uh White Rabbit uh, is is also there, and she is renting the Sinister Six gear to billionaires who want to have uh, you know play out their their fantasies as uh, famous spider villains. So you have you know these these tech billionaires and um, the Doctor Octopus and, and the Shocker and the Vulture. That's an awesome and, and, plot line. That's really oh, it is. It's so much fun. It, me I, and you would damn it. You wouldn't, and if you haven't read any Spider-Man, you can jump in here. This is this is like two off issues, just two specials. Yes. Uh, what gear does Joe, Elon Musk wear? Uh, well, there <laughs> is a. I'm gonna say um, he's kind of the Doc Ock because Doc Ock isn't wearing a shirt, um, <laughs> and and that is very telling of when Spidey yep. says, "I don't remember Doc being that pale." Um, so. <laughs> There are some shots in here, yeah. uh, and of course, chaos ensues. And, and um, I will never pass up Terry and Rachel Dotson artwork. And, and their Spider-Man has always been a a, a really cool uh, uh, style that they bring to it. Uh, then I read Daredevil number eight. Uh, so this is Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetta plus Matt Wilson on colors. It's the final showdown of the Fist versus the Hand, aka Daredevil versus the Punisher. 
Uh, you got the culmination of the first arc here. If you don't know, uh, Daredevil has left New York and he and Elektra, who is also Daredevil, are married and they have reformed the Fist, which is the counter ninja cult to the Hand. Um, well, the Punisher's family has been reincarnated by the Hand, so he is their beast. Um, and it's kind of the culmination of this 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 conflict that's been brewing since even before back in the first volume of the Zdarsky run. Uh, it goes about as well as you would expect it in a Zdarsky book, uh, but it's still awesome. I'm, I I was kind of sitting back after I read number eight, and I'm like, this book has evolved from Matt Murdock kind of reclaiming his title as Daredevil and the Hell's Kitchen and this small-scale street wars to him going to prison to fighting off all of the major villains when they took over uh, New York to now in being in a, you know, basically an international war with a ninja cult. And, and I'm like, this is amazing, but it's Zdarsky and it works. So this book still is awesome. It's still a lot of fun. Um, but my final guilty pleasure for this weekend was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number one and two. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got Ryan Parrott and you got Dan Mora returning to the Power Rangers. Yo. Oh, yeah. Because he th- that's the team that did the first one. I, and and I, I'm like, Dan Mora's back. He's on the Power Rangers. I love Dan Mora Power Rangers. Uh, and you got Raul Angulo on Colors. Uh, so your two favorite 90s franchises are back together again uh, to defend Earth from the combined forces of Rita Repulsa and General Craig. Yes. Plus, you got Ranger X thrown in. Um, and if you don't know who Ranger X is, it's a new character, but is an old character. And I don't want to give anything away. It is exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what you want it to be. Big action, monsters, aliens. Uh, big battles, classic characterization, a lot of mystery. And I don't know if, if anybody does Power Rangers better than Ryan Parrott and Dan Mora. Um, I, I loved when they were on Go-Go Power Rangers. I loved when they were on the main book. And just seeing these these turtles in Power Ranger uniforms and all these classic characters, it is a nostalgic trip down memory lane. And I am loving every moment of it. And I am done. <laughs> Damn you, Burkle. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you costed me I thought you knew it was out there. I had no idea. So, okay, I have questions. Okay. Is, you said one and two. So, like, are you catching up to two or did they release two? Two came time? out last week. Okay. No, two, I just, I just read, a, I just, I did both of them because I read, I read one a couple weeks ago, but then I couldn't be on the show last week. And then two came out and like, I'm just going to do both of them. Um, there's going to be five in total. So if you want to wait till it's all done, I'm sure they'll put mm. a trade out. Um, it, it's it's just so much fun and, and it's so pretty. And we all know Dan Mora's work is amazing, but uh, it's kind of it's I never expected him to go back to boom and doing uh, Power Rangers after once in future. And, and then his breakout on World's Finest uh, and then his upcoming uh, Shazam. Is he doing no? Is he doing Shazam? Yeah, Shazam with Mark Wade. Oh, really? Yeah, I think those two are launching the Shazam book. So, I mean, I was I've been packing up all my comics. So I was going through all this stuff and and, um, I I, I just 
it was it, i've been going through memory lane with a lot of the stuff i'm 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 selling off and it just didn't have this book come out i was like god this is i was a big turtles fan back in the day I wasn't a big power rangers fan I, that's more of a a current thing but hmm. I, I used to love the original eastman and laird turtles and the whole cartoon and all that phenomenon so this is this is fun stuff yeah i was big into the tmnt cartoon the 90s one mm -hmm. and then um power rangers was kind of a thing that i just i caught it on occasion like after school yeah. but i i don't know that i would call myself a fan i i love right I loved the fights. Like I loved the kaiju yeah. fights. That was my favorite part. And I always thought that Rita Repulsa was hilarious. <laughs> um, I loved the. It was just silly silliness, and I was in college when it came out. So if I was um, partaking in some things, uh, the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were always a fun thing to watch. You ever watch Power Rangers <laughs> on weed? At four twenty one <laughs> in the afternoon. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Um oh and my other question, the Spider-Man thing. Um yeah. you said it was a two-parter. Is this the first of two or do I have to go back? Yeah, so not it's 19 and 20. Okay. So Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. are taking a little sabbatical and then they'll come back to the book. This book comes out like every other week. So I don't I don't know. I don't know how they keep up with the pace. I have to be honest. That's kind of what's been keeping me from getting caught up and picking it up is because you yeah. like you bring it to the show a lot. And I'm like, oh, like alarmed at how often we talk about Spider-Man. I'm like, I want to dip my toe back into the Spider-Verse, but I don't know when to jump on. on. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dark Web was a good place, but I'm just I, don't, I can't help it. every time. Um, I'm, every time I'm doing my what's what's what I'm picking up this week, it's like, oh, Spider-Man again. Oh, Spider-Man. It's like I'm almost wanting just to wait until Marvel Unlimited and a bunch of it's stored up. But I'm having a fun time with it. So, you know, I just I just grab it as I go. So, hey man, go with your heart. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> uh, my other question is about this um, storm in the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah. How how are you getting along with the sins of Sinister? Like that first issue I loved. It was a great ride, but I also found it to be really overwhelming. In your professional X-Men opinion, should I stay on the roller coaster and like read all of these issues for this thing, or should I wait? Well, there's only three limited series. So there's Storm. There's Immoral X-Men, and then there's Nightcrawlers. And they'll be they'll each be like three, three issue limited limited series. And then there's the one, there's like a Sins of Sinister Omega. Right. So it's not a huge event. Um it's, it's this just one's 12 fun. books. It's just 12. Hey, that's small for an X event, as Joey will confirm. Yes. Um, I mean, like Age of Apocalypse went on for six months um back in the day. Uh, I would say if you enjoyed um, X-Men Red, then this is that book. If you enjoyed like Legion of X, that's Nightcrawlers. And then Immoral X-Men is basically Immortal X-Men. So if you're into the, any of those books, I think you could get on these. I'm, I think you can also read them all independently. Mm. And if you want to tap out, you can just probably come back with the, 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 the final like the end of sentence and sinister. And I'm sure that it'll all make sense. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I maybe owe it to myself to read all of it because yeah. I caught back up. I I did the work. Why, you know, you did the work. Why quit now? Might as well st- yeah, why quit now? So, no, I I mean, this has been Gillen's takeover of of the X-Men have really revitalized it in my opinion. And I've always been an Al Ewing fan and I loved what he was doing on X-Men Red. I hope that book comes back after this, but I have worries. What are your concerns? I, I, I'm worried that they're going to use this whole sins of sinister as a kind of a soft reboot. And I don't know. Cause like they're ending a lot of the books, like new mutants is ending. And it's going to become like a limited series. Um, there, there's really nothing solicited past sins of sinister. Um, the way X-Men red 10 ended, it could be like the end of that. And, you know, they might, they might trim, trim the line a little bit and it might be fine. Or they might do, you know, they could put this all back to status quo. And I, I, I really hope they don't do that. I don't think they're going to do that yet. I don't think they're going to give up on Krakoa yet, but there there's potential there for them to change things. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a lot to me, but you got to reshuffle the deck every now and again. Right. But it feels like we just got, it felt like Krakoa stalled out there at the later part of Hickman and it's just getting going again. So I don't want to give up on that yet. Like let's keep this, keep this mojo going. We got to resuscitate the Island. Yes. And give it mouth to mouth. Oh yeah. Um, Build some B and B's on it. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! They're gonna colonize Krakow eventually. You know, you can get your your Airbnb out there and yeah. put a Hard Rock be, hotel. It'll be yeah, great. be a mutant for a weekend. Get Dazzler to be like the the um do a residency. Yeah, <laughs> you could be the Adele of Krakoa. Yeah. Oh my God. Yo, for a show for a topic, we should like form some kind of Krakoa Coachella or something. Some kind of festival, oh, music festival. I'm down. Yeah, we there we go. Lila Cheney has to be there. Oh yeah, <laughs> Lila Cheney. Who opens Dazzler or Lila? Dazzler. She's been in and out of the limelight. Lila's yeah. always been you know, around the galaxy doing her stuff. She is the most popular musician in the galaxy, so I think that trumps. You can have yeah. you can have multiple headlining days. You could have at least at least three by by uh, festival standards, but. You, maybe we'll yeah we should do we should think on this we should what do if this what if Krakoa turns into fire fest no <laughs> no way all these millennials pay for all these tickets and then it's like bologna sandwiches and no water <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the mutants are like ha ha humans it's like we're lifting we're lifting the ban on the portals for this festival and then the wrong yeah. people get in the people from from Woodstock that started the riots they're there to Oh my God! I watched not that the real Woodstock, the other Woodstock. All right, I'm going to stop talking about this because I'm going to write bad. this comic. <laughs> uh, all right, we should totally uh, revisit this idea and do that as a uh, absolutely an exercise on the show one night. Amazing. Oh God, uh, Bob, do you want to jump in here anywhere? No, I'm good. All right, um, give me some lightning round stuff. Shazam. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a big love to uh, to Aaron, who's uh, not here tonight. We love you, dude. All right, oh, where to begin? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with I caught up with Know Your Station. Uh, this is coming from Boom Studios, 
Here is the official description because I have no notes tonight. <gasps> I know. I know. I've had no time. I'm so sorry. Death is the great leveler, even for the 1%. The wealthiest people in the solar system abandon the Earth for a private sanctuary in space, leaving the rest of us to die amidst cataclysmic climate change. But the ultra-wealthy won't be safe for long. A murderer is on the loose, specifically targeting the super-rich. Soon, uh, Elsie... Is it Elsie or... Elise? E-L-I-S-E. I've been saying Elise this whole time. I'm reading it wrong. Anyway, uh, an employee of the uh, Evolution Corporation is wrapped in a deadly investigation with each uh, issue of this outrageously macabre series featuring a new diabolically different kill. Okay, the kills in this series are severe. Whoever is going around doing the things that they're doing... um, to these people who are basically trying to herald a new society out in space where they can live comfortably and have people work beneath them. Sound familiar? Uh, (laughs) There's some real nasty murderers happening. And the people that are responsible for funding and heading up the departments of the space station are being, you know, taken off the board. And we are basically seeing the story from the perspective of a security liaison who is aboard the ship and she is going through withdrawals. There is a drug uh, out there called blue, uh, some kind of like mood enhancement thing, but there's an emergency and basically the ship uh, takes it upon itself to flush the drug from her system. And so as these murders are happening and she's trying to solve the case, She's also going through the withdrawals because she was she doesn't want to take any of the stuff to take the edge off because she wants to go clean this whole time. But she is going into these almost fugue states and these murders are happening and all the logs that she's tapped into on this ship when she asks for information, all of that information leads back to her. And so it's like, who was the last person in this room when this like when this happened? And the answer is, it was you. And so let me see the tape. Let me see the thing. You can't do that because of special conditions that you installed on the ship that when you tell us to go into blue mode, everyone's cameras get turned off. It's a whole thing. This series is amazing. I should probably read you the creative team. Uh, Sarah Gailey, uh, written by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Liana uh, Kangas, Colors by Rebecca Nalti and letters by Cardinal Ray. Uh, This is some of the team that did Eat the Rich last year, which was absolutely awesome. But um, Know Your Station is just, it's really, really cool. I know Joey's been reading it. I'm loving the progression of it. It's only five issues. So we're getting to to the end game here with four and five coming out soon. But I've been loving this. Like, I know we're real early in the year, but this has been one of the the highlights of the last... uh, couple of months for me and it's just really really going strong i highly highly recommend it it's awesome uh what else do i have here oh i read on the stump i know joey read this i wish he was here for this conversation that i'm about to have with myself but (laughs) here we go uh it's written by chuck brown with art by prenzy and letters by clayton cowles on the stump if you don't recall is this 
weird political comic about freedom fighters and their uh, fighter of choice, uh, it, this like political leader in this weird future where candidates and people that run the nation actually have like gladiator style fist fights to determine who gets to pass bills and make laws and do all the things. Um, it is a very, very strange comic that for someone who doesn't really like politics and, and, and the language around them and all these things, they, they're important, but man, it gets exhausting. Um, I kind of wish that they had delved a little bit more into that stuff because around the fourth issue, you do get a little bit of an info dump as to why uh, the on the stump fights exist and how they came to be. But it felt like it was too short of an explanation. I kind of I almost want a prequel series that delves into how this society and, and the way that the world works now was formed. Uh, it's very, very weird. Um, it's from some of the people that did Bitter Root and um, Flawed that we that uh, Aaron's been talking about on the show. And um, it's if you want to get weird with politics and you want you like wrestling and you like fighting like <laughs> this is this is a good way to go. Uh, I have to confess that I don't know that I understood all of the ins and outs of the plot, but it's got absolutely spectacular artwork from Frenzy. Uh, and Chuck Brown is just a monster on words. Um, lots and lots of good ideas going around over there. Uh, and you all know Clayton Cowles. I don't have to tell you about him. Good stuff. What else? Oh, my favorite book of the year. Look at that. <laughs> Monarch number one just came out this past week. Uh, this comes from Alex Linz on art. Rodney Barnes on story. Uh, I had Color Assist Louise NCT, Color Assist by Mark Silvestri Galato, and Letters by Marshall Dillon. So again, I'm going to read uh, from Image.com over here. New tale of terror and high-stakes science fiction hits close to home. Growing up in the city of Compton is tough enough. Uh, is tough enough as it is, but as Trevon has learned all too well, growing up as an orphan in the city of Compton with gang members... Hunting you down every day is even tougher. But all of that is about to change because today is the day that aliens make first contact with Earth. And it only spells doom for life as we know it. Okay, this is... you. I Bob, I know you've seen Attack the Block. Oh, own it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John, have you seen Attack the Block? I think so. Um... Oh, what? Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting his name? Dude, the guy from Star Wars. Yes. Right. That guy. Holy crap. Why am I forgetting his name? John Boyega. Uh, yes. John Boyega. Got yes. There. Oh, my God. I just totally had a, a brain gap. Anyway, this is Attack the Block in comic book form. This is kids growing up. Uh, having problems on the street, falling out with friends, the whole bit, and then everything changes, relationships change when the aliens arrive and just carve lasers through the streets, dividing people where they stand, aliens coming down, uh, these giant like machine uh, monolith uh, figures with laser guns and everything, and 
they're going around and systematically taking out all of the adults, I guess anyone over a certain age. Um, and they're, they're taking out some of the kids too, unfortunately. And so eventually we end up with only a couple of people left in this small town. And of course, it's a couple of weeks after the initial attack, the aliens have kind of moved on to another area um, before maybe they do another sweep and they're running out of supplies. So anytime that someone has gone out to go and look for more provisions, they've died. Like you can, you can see them die from the windows. It's been, it's been very harrowing and distressing, but desperation calls and our main character, it's his turn to go out. He's, he's made the decision. I'm going to go, I'm going to find stuff. And one of the first things that he learns is that one of the people from before the attack that was after him uh, survived. And so now it's a race of him trying to get help and trying to avoid the aliens while also avoiding uh, this other character who's been kind of out for him from the beginning before this all began. And it is just... It is absolutely gorgeous. It's written beautifully. Uh, the perspectives change throughout the story a few times. So you get the perspectives of both kind of the hero and the villain uh, and their position in all of this. So while there isn't much to the the villain just yet, uh, there is potential for that to to grow out. And I'm we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. It might not end well hmm. for him. We'll see. <laughs> But I am absolutely loving this. It's one of the one of the first comics that I've picked up since uh, since we rolled over from the award stuff that just really, really grabbed my attention immediately and threw me into that world. Like I could hear the destruction. I could hear the lasers going off. I could imagine the noises that were happening around the riots of people trying to escape this attack that comes Um and there's like, you know, characters that are separated, too, from the beginning to the end of the issue that, you know, I definitely want to see reunited at some point. Uh, you're led to believe that they're not alive, but I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe I'm keeping the faith. <laughs> I think they're out there and we're going to find them. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be friends. And um, yeah, I just I absolutely loved it. It was awesome. It was it, like I said, attack the block, but a comic book and immediately, immediately uh, just threw me through a loop. And I'm really looking forward to the second issue a lot. So that's Monarch from image. That's it. Sounds a little bit like Logan's run with them going after the adults. I have never seen Logan's run. Oh, I know. I know. I watched my first time I saw Star Wars was a drive-in double feature with Logan's Run and Ooh. Star Wars in the re-release of 1978. My parents thought they were going to have a date. And my brother and I would fall asleep. Didn't happen. Watched both. Loved them. <laughs> you saw Logan's Run, didn't you, Bob? Uh, yes. You, you, it's you don't trust anyone over thirty. It's, it was that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to kill him when it gets you have to, to get a certain renewal. age. Yeah, yeah. In the book, I think it was twenty-one. Never it was even younger. Yeah, I read the book too when I was uh, in high school. But no, this sounds that sounds like a cool book. The idea of it, uh, and then um, know your station. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just kill the rich. Why don't we? No, know your station is <laughs> is wicked. It's really like 
it's it's only been three issues, but every issue feels like it's meaty. The second issue in particular, I kept turning the page expecting it to be like to be continued. And there was more and then there was more and there was more and there was more. And I was like, oh, my God, this is nuts. I don't even know that I finished the third issue. I think I might have fallen asleep with four pages left last night. But um, I just go ahead. I just love that. I, I love that title. Like, you know, the space element, but also like know your station and your class in life. And that's a it's a good, you know, double entendre. There. It's a great detective story with so, so much paranoia. Because it's pretty much revealed that you can't trust the lead character. And that's who you're experiencing the story from. And so there's just so much doubt as to what actually happened. Are they responsible? And then there's this whole thing with another character. Um, This is not really a spoiler. This is one of the few other characters that's in the book. Uh, Their name is Marin. But they whisper something to... um, the character, uh, our lead character. I'm sorry, I'm not giving her a name. I know I screwed up the name before and I don't remember what it was. Um, we can't see. It's one of those things where they lean forward and they they talk to her, but it's all like squiggled out. So you can't actually read what they're saying. And ever since that panel, it was just one little panel. I've not trusted that person worth a damn. And they're mm-hmm. now like an integral part of the story following us everywhere we go. And they seem sincere and it seems like we're on the same page. But whatever that was, because we were having um, like in a uh, withdrawal symptoms where we're kicking in into high gear. And so everything was kind of melting around uh, the lead character. And you're getting this info dump in the middle of this bug out and, and about to pass out for like three days uh, and all this information is thrown at her that she can't comprehend. And she wakes up with more bodies and all the evidence leads back to her. And so you got to hide the bodies. You got to come up with stories because there are your superiors are looking for these people and you're the security liaison. You're in charge of their safety and and you're the one that's possibly taking them out. But you can't remember <laughs> like that's that's cool. It's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it a lot. Yeah. And it's Elise. Yeah. E-L-I-S-E. That's Elise. Yeah. That's how you spell Elise. Okay. So I was right. Yeah. Oh. Huh. I've had several I've had several students with that name. So it's it's E-L-I-S-E. That's Elise. Take that embarrassment. <laughs> you take your embarrassment and you shut yeah, it down. See, was, you were right, my friend. I was getting all nervous in front of everybody for no reason. Look at that. No. There you go. Damn. We at the Talking Comments <laughs> podcast have brutalized many a name. Yeah, we we, so. we support momentary lapses of reason and just pure idiocy. Look, I'm tired. Okay. It's okay. Tired. It's okay. We're we're here, buddy. We're all friends here. You're in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck in here with me. You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about Batman. <laughs> Let's move on to the news. Let's get some of these other stories out of the way really quick so that we can hit up some of this trailer talk. Spider-Man Noir. We heard that there was going to be a live action series a while ago, and then it just kind of one of those things that went away. 
but they have resurrected that idea and they are moving forward with it. And it's happening through Marvel's Sony arm. It's happening at Amazon. It's Sony. Sony Sony owns that. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Marvel's put the name on it. Is Nicholas Cage in it? No. Then I'm not seeing it. (laughs) It is a, uh, it is not Peter Parker. It is going to be a, a, I guess a new character. Uh, it will be in the 1930s after the Great Depression. Um, and it's live action, which I was really surprised by. I figured they would have capitalized off of Spider-Verse and done an animated show. But yeah, evidently, uh, this is coming from Oren uh, Uziel, who did The Lost City. Why does that sound so familiar? I don't know. Let me see what I got here. Uh, The series follows an older grizzled superhero in 1930s New York City. A source close to the project tells Deadline uh, the show is set in its own universe that involves an alternate Spider-Man character who is not Peter Parker. Um, This is coming from the producers, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Amy Pascal. Uh, They're, of course, uh, into the Spider-Verse producers, which is really cool. Um, yeah, this is evidently they've been trying to get this off the ground for a while, but didn't really find the right people for it. Uh, but I suppose with the uh, new Spider-Verse movie coming out later this year and then the follow up to that, they're going to be riding the Spider-Man train for a little while. So you might as well throw more Spider-Man in front of people. Like you're saying, I would love to see this animated to have it look like the old pulp magazines, the shadow or the original spider who Stan kind of based the whole thing on to start with, at least in terms of the name. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested, but yeah. wary to use that word again. Here's, but here's interesting. I missed this before. Um, previously announced Spider-Man spinoff series, Silk Spider Society with Angela Kang as showrunner uh, also is moving forward at Amazon and MGM plus from Sony Pictures. That's still alive. That silk thing. We haven't heard about that in a long time. Well, so is Madam Web and all those. I think, all, yeah, remember, I, I I, think getting back to Nor, this could be really cool if they did it right. If you did like a black and white, like period style. Yeah. Like that would be, I mean, you could do some really cool things here. It's fine that it's not Peter Parker. They they probably didn't want to license the name Peter Parker to Amazon or something. Um, but Amazon, Amazon, I think Amazon's going to become the home to a lot of this comic book stuff as yeah i just i get a feeling that sony wants i mean sony was working with netflix but netflix feels like they're killing everything um and then dc a lot of dc stuff feels like it's moving with the whole hbo max and disney discovery plus shuffle i think amazon's gonna become a home to a lot of this this stuff and and steve's going to the bottle again it's like (laughs) oh shit they're talking about dc again i got a drink i I took this out the first time we talked about it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I'm sure that didn't sound Three bottles good. in. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Oh, man. I mean, look, I, I'm... I'll, I'll, I'll be Joey right now. I'll believe it when I see a trailer. <laughs> um, I Look, I'm down for this. I always like seeing this stuff come to life in whatever form it may be. Uh, I am disappointed also that it is not Nicolas Cage, Bob. I am with you 110%. I would rather have 
an animated Nicolas Cage reprising yeah. the role as Amen. Spider-Man yes. Noir than a live action whatever this is going to be. Starring Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a me, Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> <laughs> These are all I'm my characters poor, now. I'm a poor Italian immigrant. I, I work in the, in the plumbing industry and, <laughs> and sometimes at night I fight crime. I am so looking forward to that new Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. Day one. I'm there. <laughs> I got to find a, a, a time that's not, like, dominated by kids and try to go and have a good time. But I will I will see that movie opening weekend if, by hook if or by you can get to If you can get to 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock showing, it's just you and some retirees, and it's beautiful. Oh, I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to go in the morning. Yep. That's what I always do when um. Like a new big like Marvel movie, I I usually take, use a personal day, and <laughs> it's just me and some some uh, octogenarians who who can't hear so well, but they're nice and quiet. Hey, some of us resemble those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love going to the movies with Bob. Bob's a fun person to go to. The oh movies no, with. well Bob's not an octogenarian. He's not close. In his 80s. Well, I'm close to a septuagenarian, so let's, you know, let's be careful uh, here. Do you guys have plans to see Ant-Man Quantum uh, and the Wasp Quantumania when it comes out? Is that this weekend or next? Yeah, it's, it's Friday. Oh, man. I'll see you Thursday, I'll see you Thursday uh, in Saville for $8, and I have $6 giant popcorn and soda and oh, camp out. I'm not going to be here for the yeah. review show. We have, a, we have a day off of school for some reason, so Sawyer and I are going to hit the probably the noon show. That's awesome. I think yeah. Sunday. I think Bronwyn and I will maybe see it on Sunday. I want to do something that doesn't involve the move. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need some R&R. You got to get away from moves. I have Sometimes... discovered a lot about myself over the last couple of <laughs> weeks. I'll tell you, there is going to be some self-care and some work to be done on uh, on old steve here so stay tuned we'll find out soon enough uh let's see what else do we got here uh amazon Jeez. again coming at you with uh witches the the scott snyder and Jacques uh series that came out so the uh is coming to amazon this uh, says uh this is coming from variety the comic was created by Scott Snyder and Jacques. It tells the story of 17-year-old sailor Rooks, whose family moves to a remote New England town after a tragic accident, only to discover that a burrow of monsters, ancient creatures that prey on our darkest fears and desires, lurks beneath the town, per the official description. Uh, Snyder and Jacques will both executive produce... Along with Plan B Entertainment, Project 51 Productions, so-and-so, and Amazon Studios. Um, I, I really liked this story. I think if they can do this in a very, like, cool way visually, this could be awesome. Especially given that it's an animated series. Like, if Amazon tries to do their own Castlevania without um, Warren Ellis's help. <laughs> This uh, this could be really cool. Um, I'm just go ahead. I'm hesitant on all these after what happened to Paper Girls. It's like they're just taking all the these cool things, thing, yeah, and they try, you know, they try to do one season. If it doesn't land, they just bail. I mean, 
I remember reading Witches. I think I, I don't. Did they ever finish it? I don't. There was a second volume. It. Okay, but uh, I, it, I'm, I'm, I'll watch it. I, I'm there. I just, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous about these things. I hear you. It could be cool. I like witches. I be. like animated things. Put the two together and, you know, hopefully yeah. you get something cool. I like it when, uh, for better or worse, I know it doesn't always work out, but I, I always like it when the creators are directly involved in the making of the thing. Like Snyder and Jacques being executive producers on it definitely counts for something. Um, I don't know how much creative control yeah, I don't know if that's just a formality. Like if you created it, you get like Mark Miller, every time he does a book, he like somehow becomes the executive producer of the film. And you know, he probably didn't have much to do with it. You might be selling him short. Not Mark Miller. He, he that guy, that guy just turns out. Books. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to get him on the phone right now. Okay. Tell him hello. From <laughs> I will. <laughs> Make sure you just call him Mr. Millar. I'm sure. It's Miller. Him. Yeah, I know. I have a a recipe he's been I used asking to, me to share. How geeky I am. I used to lurk on the um, Wildstorm uh, message boards back when he was writing The Authority. And he would <laughs> converse with, like, he would, yeah, it was it was a thing. Don't, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. It's trailer time. All right. We already talked about the Super Mario Brothers. They put out the Mario Brothers rap during the Super Bowl to let everyone know that this movie is not going to take itself too seriously. I uh, again, <laughs> I didn't see that. I'm it's great. It's it's great. It almost has the um what's that song uh the Weird Al song that was uh parodying Millie Vanilli. Oh. Blame it on the drain. <laughs> blame it on the It drain. has real blame it on the drain vibes. Now is somebody lip syncing no, it's a commercial for their plumbing business. I know, but Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli I was... I know, I remember. Okay. I remember. Oh, boy. Oh. If they could see us now. <laughs> All right. Um, so that looks awesome. Again, opening weekend. I'm there. I'll report back. Don't worry. I'm on top of it. Fast X. Yes! <laughs> Okay, so the question with Fast and Furious movies is always, what's the new gimmick? Like, what? I think, I, I think they're going backward. I think they're going to get back to their roots. That's what it looks like they're trying to do. There's yeah. definitely going to be some street racing in this movie, which is something they've not done in a long time. It feels like they're lives by the quarter mile. Okay. They went into space in nine. <laughs> What is living your life a quarter mile at a time? That's that's Dom in in the first Fast and the Furious. He, he I know the 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 races they just are a quarter mile from light to light. I and so he, he always you know the opening like the the over he's like I live my life by a quarter I mile. I know, and they say they say it like twenty times I throughout remember, the movie. But I just don't know what it means. Like if he came up to me and they, he said they, that they to me, they lived a race. Like, they just lived a street race. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. They're like. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Can I have a Corona too? Just, Even though yeah. it's not that great of a beer, but I'll take one. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it. I think it just means that they lived the street race. That was all they were about. You know where this movie has gone from them robbing VCRs from 
from semis to going to outer space. Yep. And just and it works. It all makes sense. And now they can explode bombs with vocal cues. That was a lot of yeah, fun. It, lo- it, it looks like they're uh, going back to um, the best of the series, number five, with oh yeah, uh, Jason Jason Momoa's character. So no, I, I I thought I don't know how long this movie is though because they have like twenty three hours. They're going in three I hours. I guarantee there's it's three hours. There's not. There's ten, and then eleven's going to be the end. Just, they got Jason Momoa. They got Brie Brie Larson. They got. Uh, Jason Statham back. They have they. I, I guarantee. Well, no, The Rock hates. I'm calling it Vinny, right now. So Two hours, Rock shows fifty-four up minutes. That's what. That's that's not a bad bet. That's what it's going to end up. It's being. almost like me betting on how long the national anthem was going to be at the Super Bowl, <laughs> and I won. I'm going to say two hours and fifty-four minutes. I will, I'm sure we'll well, find anthem, out. No, it was only two minutes. Two hours and two minutes. <laughs> the two, the anthem two went seconds. over. The anthem went over two minutes. It was the longest national anthem ever. It beat the last record, which was one minute and 20. Um, so apparently the gimmick for this new one is like street tornadoes, I guess, or something. Because Climate change. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Cars just getting blown away in the middle of the street. This movie <laughs> looks just as ridiculous as you as you could hope for from one of these movies. Uh, I'm in it. Like this is the I the second to last one. I believe this is yeah. meant to serve as part one of the finale. I think they filmed them back to back, so I think they're going to be a year apart. Did they film them back to back? I thought they did. I thought they were going to do the then the then John uh, Justin Lin dropped out. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that, that they was. Did I thought. Both. I think they. I thought they did both. You could be right, but I don't. I don't think so. I think they want to. I mean, they're, these guys are. They're going to age out of these roles. I mean, <laughs> all I know, I mean, they're going to be like they're walkers as they're going to their cars, and their cars are going to be like I don't know. But so long as nobody I, touches a hair on Han's head, damn right, and his hair is back, will be okay. It, it, I want Han him to live a nice life, munching on his snacks. And just, just loving. Oh, every when he and when he when he and Jason Statham who killed him yep. have to team up. Yep, that's damn right. They revealed everybody in this trailer. I was a little bit put off by that. This trailer now, was long too. It was like almost three minutes. Do you think they're going to CGI Brian back? Oh God, in I some hope way. Not. I hope not. They've been talking about it, like using his brothers as. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> You could do it like if he's in a car. I don't know. Technology's gotten even better since they did that the first time with him. Like the deep fake technology that they have now is so intense that they probably could pull that off, but it's never going to look right. And like, at what point are we getting a little like ghoulish about this whole thing? I know that people want him back, but you know, let the the dude rest. Yeah, he died. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need him. I, I mean, yes. It, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I feel, you know, like you want to throw Luke's young Luke Skywalker into an episode of the Mandalorian. I'm all right with that. You know, Mark yeah. Hamill signing I'm off good. on that stuff and going in to do mocap and whatever. But I don't know. The Paul Walker thing was a little weird. It didn't, 
it didn't look terrible when they did it in the other one, but it didn't. Well, it was, it was such dark. It was such a dark, yeah. like dark scene. So it worked. A little yeah, bit. you can you yeah. can really tell, though, like if you look for it, you can really tell when it yeah. crosses over yeah. to the uh, the Uncanny Valley side. Um, I think it was a good thing to do for that movie because just they were too far yeah. in it by then. that They had to figure something out. And I like the idea that it was his brother. But like, imagine that, like you lose your brother and then you play him in a movie that had yeah. to have been man to be on the couch for that one. That's wild. Yeah, but, you know, he's got a daughter. So I guess, I mean, if the money goes to her and the estate, it would it would. Oh, yeah, you know, I'd be OK. I'm all for that, the so. I would hope that the the Walker family uh, still gets money from the Fast and Furious. Oh, I'm sure stuff. they do. I'm sure I'm I'm sure he still gets some, you know, like credits. grandfathered yeah. into some kind of uh, kickback from ticket sales or or at least sales somewhere. I think Vin Diesel stand up enough that he probably did something to make sure that that's taken care of. I hope so. He's got something in his teeth in the new trailer at one point, yeah. and I can't unsee it. Do you see he's going to do another Riddick movie? I did. It's called Furia. I know. (laughs) Riddick is a furry. That's been the that's been the title of that for years. And I was kind of shocked that they didn't change it by now. But, you know, he's he's keeping it real, keeping it in the family. I liked Pitch Black, but I think they went off the rail. That second one was so space opera. There was a the third one was decent. Yeah, yeah, it was. I like that one. Uh, and I like the original the two, Pitch the, Black, too. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're hitting all the action stars tonight. <laughs> Let's just talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger for 20 minutes. The Governator. Governator. Um, Bob, you have not gotten onto the Fast and Furious train, have you? I saw the first one. No by good? Roger Corman in the 1950s. Yeah, that's about as far as I've ever gotten. Nice. Burned. <laughs> <laughs> uh did you guys check out the trailer for strays yeah i did would you say bob i don't know about no it. no I'm not a will ferrell guy i can't I, <laughs> that's no. right i forgot about that it's it, it's for anyone that hasn't seen this go and check out the red band trailer for strays uh it is a dog whose owner purposefully loses them in the big city dog has to find their way back but the other dogs around the city basically clue him into what really happened to him. And it becomes this hilarious revenge tale of them getting back to the house to track this guy's down and bite his balls off. So <laughs> it's funnier than you'd think. At least I think it is. I don't know. I, I'm looking I will f- watch it when it makes it to a streaming service. Exactly. I I, I'm not going to yeah. the theater for it, but I will definitely check it out when it hits streaming for sure. Yeah. All right. I'd rather see the killer Winnie the Pooh movie. Oh, Blood and oh Honey? Oh, my God. Yeah. They're doing a Peter Pan movie. Um. Oh, man. Is nothing sacred anymore? There were two well, others. Winnie the Pooh is now public domain, the first novel anyway. Yeah, no, wait. Yeah. They're building a. They're building like a Pooh-averse or something. Uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> but they, they, they can only use this stuff from the first novel for now. So no Tigger and some of the other stuff is not available. I'm trying. Hold on. I'm trying to how, figure out what this is. How did not that not stay in the private sector? Did they not renew it? Did they well, not produce I, the anything first novel is 1924 or something like that? So I don't know that, that you can continue to keep doing that. The stuff that Disney has added since they get to own, right? In the same I way that I, you, 
you think can, the original is Statewood? You can use the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey yeah. Mouse. You can't use the Mickey Mouse that everybody Mickey knows. Mouse. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. It's a weird copyright. So we have Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which I, I, comes to the U.S. on February 15th, uh, 15th. So get ready for that. But we're also getting Bambi the Reckoning and Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. Here you go. Oh my God. Bambi the Reckoning. Why? The deer goes oh. after the hunter. Oh my God. It's finally happening. Well, Bambi did meet Godzilla 50 years ago. Oh, geez. Really? You've never seen that animated short? I don't know. Let's check it out on YouTube. Vaguely, Bambi versus Godzilla. All right, I'll have to. I'll have to look it up in a bit. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, we got more trailers. Okay, so finally, they released a trailer for what I am now calling Michael Keaton's The Flash. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, <laughs> but by that WB WB was just. <laughs> mumbling to themselves when all the Ezra Miller shenanigans were happening because not only are they in that movie, there's two, if not more of them. And oh boy, that's a lot. And they're they're terrible. They're terrible in the trailer. Yeah, I know. They just, it's flashpoint. They mess up. There is a, they destroy the multiverse. The, the, the short scene in which they meet Supergirl. I mean, maybe they're not done putting the final touches on it, but oh man, reshoots, reshoots, reshoots. That scene of the two of them standing there in frame looks terrible. It looks terrible. I don't think the movie looks bad. They're really, really leaning into the Batman angle of this movie. Yeah. And I think that was a smart thing to do because Michael Keaton flopping down and showing up and him, you know, smirking to the camera and you, I'm Batman. Like people were losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to see it. I was one of them. I'm going to see it. I was one of them. I'm going to see it for yeah, my never. I, I, Oh, if this movie comes out, I'm seeing it. Yeah. If I, and I, I'm still not, 100% sold, but James Gunn says that it's one of the best things that he, superheroes sell. But I don't trust he's, him, do he's you? Cashing up, he's, yeah, he's, cash, he's, a... he's cashing a big fat check from WB, yeah. so I don't know about that. It looked fun. It looks like the Flash movie I want to see. I just don't know if I can trust it. <laughs> but it's got flat, bat, bat fleck, and it's got. I've never seen the beauty, the beauty of Michael Keaton, though, was that he never. they it wasn't like hyper action. He just kind of moved around in the suit and punched people. So to see him doing all the flips and the other things, I don't know about that. I just kind of want him to be lurking in the dark. Yeah. But yeah, people are speculating. There's a shot of Batman on the bat cycle and it's the mm-hmm. one from the Nolan movies. People are, are speculating whether Christian oh, Bale shows that, up. No, or... it, that's bad. That's Ben Affleck's costume. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Ben Affleck's costume. It's too big to be Chris, uh, um, Christian Bale. Okay, I think it's just I think it's just Batfleck and then Michael Keaton. And when they kill the multiverse, they kill they're killing the Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I'm I'm interested in seeing it visually, with the exception of that one scene. It looks neat. Yeah, I've never really been too big of a fan of Miller's Barry Allen. But like I said, I'm I'm in it for Michael Keaton. 
I mm-hmm. want to see Sasha Cal as Supergirl. I want to see what that uh, ends up being. And yeah, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I am. I am joining the wary club on this one, I, but I'll go and see it. I love the Flash. I think one of the best things of of the entire Justice League Snyder cut or whatever was the the Ben Affleck Ezra Miller interactions. I, I really like that relationship. Um, so no, I'm. This is probably the most positive i've felt about a dc movie and it's shocking that it's this one here here bob do you have any any thoughts about the flash no, i don't think you want to hear himself so we'll move on i don't know that i can look at at ezra miller doubled up yeah. no less and, yeah. and not think about all those other terrible things it's hard yeah that's what i i will give you that but I mean, I've watched Tom Cruise movies, and I, I can, you know, kind of displace yeah. all the Scientology crap. So we have we have we have a Flash movie. At least Aff, uh, Affleck and Keaton are in it, particularly Keaton. Yeah. yeah. But that we that that they're going to promote the crap out of this, and there's no Batgirl, and there's no Wonder Woman yeah. three, and all the other things we no. talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's just annoying. Yeah. And yeah. then the, I'm with you. this person in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm. I'm uh, for the show, I'll probably have to see it, but I, I, I'm not a big fan of Flashpoint to start with. So, <laughs> what can I tell you? No, those are all valid. I, I, yeah, yeah. I like and, I said, I'm going for disappoint Keaton. all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we got here? We got last one: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three released a new trailer. Um, in typical Marvel fashion. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of like character surprises and teases about maybe a few characters that might not survive this movie. That is kind of the thing that's pulling me into this the most are those like really, really emotional scenes of everybody crying and carrying on and carrying bodies all, you know, toward the camera and stuff like that. Like, I wonder how they're going to sunset this team. And I want to I want to be there to see the end of it. Um, I think visually this movie looks very cool. I'm very much in love with those shots of the multicolored astronaut yeah, uh, costumes so that cool. they have on. Like, I don't know how long that scene is, but it looks incredible. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's got the whole thing where they hit you over the head with a bunch of emotional beats and then they fade to black. They give you the title card and then they come in. For, you know, one joke just to let you know, like, we're going to we're going to make you laugh right after. Don't worry. Unless you're Black Panther, Mm -hmm. Wakanda forever. Just mows you down with emotions throughout (laughs) that movie. Very, very, very good. Very good. Um, I'm really glad that that's out uh, for home Mm -hmm. viewing. You know what? Maybe that's what we'll do tomorrow night. Oh, you know what? No, tomorrow night's Valentine's Day. I don't want to be sad on Valentine's Day. I'm going to watch creed 2 instead there you go yeah. i gotta get i have never seen it i gotta get pumped for creed 3 because i definitely will uh should rock rock rocky 4 before oh oh i've seen rocky 4 enough time i could i could know. watch rocky 4 okay. with my eyes closed that movie that's the way yeah. to watch it actually <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's my childhood bob all right 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, anyone else want to jump in here before we get out of the? Uh... I mean, I'm happy that in this this time around, as opposed to the second week, it's the team together, mm-hmm. for good or ill, and that's that's something I like that a lot. Uh, love seeing that we're doing the High Evolutionary and Adam Warlock, and what I imagine is will be Counter Earth. Mm-hmm. So some good Marvel history in there, and I have faith this will be okay. All right, yeah. I, I, I the song I love since you've been gone. That was a great choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they got the um, landing Abnet costumes, the the blue with the the red trim. Yeah, Th- those are some of my favorite. I as I watched this and I, and I've and I've watched a lot of the Marvel movies recently. I love the evolution of the Nebula character. Yeah, she she is so much fun, and, and I could just her deadpan, no sense of humor, um, and I hope that there's some redemption for what happened to Gamora here. Uh, so me too. I'm I I I think that the Guardians need to go away, but I hope that this is a movie that sends them out in style. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, like have had enough of Star Lord. Like this trailer, if the one yeah. one of the knocks I have against this trailer is. It starts off with Star-Lord being like, it's me, Star-Lord. And I just, man, there's there's like, there's nothing they can do with Chris Pratt lately to like warm me to him anymore. You know, and it was a weird descent in, in, in really not being excited about any of the stuff that he that he does. But like I said, I'm, I'm there. I'm interested to see how this all ends. Um, I think that I'm going to cry. I think Rocket Raccoon in this movie in particular is going to oh. bring me to tears. And his friend, the otter. Everything is pointing to what, like one of the, one of these characters is definitely going to die. And they're doing the misdirect because in one of the shots at the very end of the trailer, they're carrying what looks like star Lord, Star-Lord, yeah. you know, and then, but there's the scene of him with all the medical equipment around and he's, he's, obviously mm-hmm. something's happening on that table and he's crying and like all the uh, tubes and stuff are shaking. And I'm like, Oh God, who is that? Like, is that Drax? Cause at one point Drax has this like Drax huge wound bad. in his chest and they're carrying yeah. him away on their shoulders. And like, they could, they, I mean, this could be what Joey said. They could all uh, bite it in this movie. They could all bite it and come back by the end too. Yeah. Come back for secret With wars. Yeah. With the high evolutionary, you never know what's going on with cloning and all that. So, I'm. But it is, that that is a cool villain choice. I'm with Bob on yeah. that one. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. I want to see. I, it. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I want to see it. All right. There you go. What about Indiana Jones Five? Oh, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there too. I'm. I, I love that little that little trailer with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not an Indiana Jones person. I can't tell you anything about those movies, like at all. But I think we can do better than the Crystal Skull. I remember seeing that in the theater. That is not hard to do. That is a low bench. Um, you had you had Shia LaBeouf as Tarzan. Come on. <laughs> I see a. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, what's her name? Nancy Allen's back, and not Nancy yes. Allen. Um, is it Nancy Allen? I forget the. But yeah, the the Marion is, is it, it. This just looks. This looks like the the Indiana Jones four we wanted. Yeah, 
I I'm looking forward to this doesn't come out for a while, right? This is like a summer movie. Summer, summer. Yeah, yeah I have time. I, I will probably do some kind of Indiana Jones marathon and drag my friend Brad to go and see this with me because I don't think that Bronwyn's going to be interested in this one. But um, I'm in it for like mm-hmm. the spectacle. Uh, I really like James Mangold as a director. I think he did a phenomenal job with Logan. And I would yeah. I would like to see what he does with this character. I would like to see what an Indiana Jones movie looks like that's not Spielberg. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of this is this might be a very good year for entertainment because there's already a couple of really great comics coming out. Uh, there's definitely some great movies coming out and the video game releases for this year are off the charts. So uh, I think people are making up for lost time during the, the COVID era yeah. and they're, they're really starting to pump the stuff back out there to resuscitate some of these uh, mediums and uh, make their money back from all the, the time that they lost. So I think Top Gun Maverick showed you if you put a good product out there, people will come. I liked that movie. I man talk about movies that I was sick and tired of writing about when uh, in the lead up to that thing. They got me right into that about that movie to the point that I hated it without seeing it. And then I saw it and I, I had a really good time with it. Well, it took forever to come out. I mean, they they delayed it like two years. Yeah. So I'm sure the buildup was crazy. It was awesome. It, it really was. It was pretty cool. And, and as somebody who barely remembers the first one, probably only seen it two times, uh, don't remember a damn thing except for volleyball. Uh, it was yeah really, that's all you need it was really entertaining i remember val kilmer's like biting gesture and yeah. that's that's top that's the first top gun in a gif for me is him just being like <laughs> got rick rosvick in the in the sweats but they're pulled up to his calves and he's just yeah volleyball in, in jeans that's that's the only way to play come on near 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 all right, let's Sorry. do a listener question. This, is, this the entire episode is like a memory, like a trip down my memory lane. <laughs> Started with Seagal, and now we're going Top Gun. I love it. I love it. All right, Brian sent us a very nice email that uh, I will forward to the group. But there was a question in that email, and we're going to read it. Question for you all. If you could take a favorite album of yours and either directly or loosely base a graphic novel around it, what album would you choose and why? My answer is London Calling, but you probably could have guessed that. I don't know how we would have guessed that. Uh, So I'm going to say Crooked Rain by Pavement. Yes. Mm. But you didn't say why, Brian. So you owe us another email well he did ask us a question about the clash as i recall so that's yeah he, he brought this. up the clash yeah. and um he wanted to do a was he the one who wanted to do a joe strummer biographic yeah, i think novel? so yeah 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 look at that i remember that some people on the show have memories because <laughs> we all came up with uh musicians or classical people that we wanted to bio- that's right my answer was bjork yeah. i remember that yep yep amazing uh Bob, you said that you have several answers for this. Sure, I, I, sure, I surely do, and they're mostly sitting here in front of me, too, on compact disc, because I have such things. Nice. Um, so, first one I would pick would be Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, of course. Yeah. 
I mean, it was Motown's second concept album, but it, mm-hmm. it's just what we talked to about the social aspects of the, of the Vietnam War and the inner city and whatever. So it would definitely be that one. Um, in a similar vein from just a couple of years later, Stevie Wonder Intervisions. Which has higher ground, living for the city, don't you worry about a thing. Uh, it's, again, the sort of world view of a world changing and, and this period where R&B records were really, really having a lot to say. There'll be another one a little further down the list. Going way, way back to the, to the 50s, and only because I think this is something that you could make a graphic novel or a, a, a series that could be like Love Everlasting is. Just exploring love. So it's, it's Frank Sinatra sings for only the lonely. Mm. So you have all these torch songs. You could have chapter by chapter of just heartbreak for 150 pages. And sometimes you need that. On a Valentine's Day particularly, sometimes you need to be, you know, kind of like miserable. Um, drifting back into, into the R&B vein, uh, Four Tops, Keeper of the Castle from 1972, which is, again, a concept album dealing with relationships and uh, men and women and uh, <laughs> the lead track which is keeper of the castle ha- has a lyric that, that really speaks to something that is that is still an issue in our society across the board where um absent fathers and all and such as that and there's a there's a line that i've used a couple of times in wedding ceremonies and such like that um tend the garden that you seated be a friend when a friend is needed, and you won't have to look the other way. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So there's that. Then there's uh, Nellie Mackay, who is the official Chantusa of Talking Comics because her band is called the Phantom Strangers. And when I asked her, was it about comics? She had this wry smile. And since she was described for her first album as being a cross between Doris Day and Eminem, you can imagine what sort of person she is. She writes sort of like Dorothy Parker in her own way. So her album, Home Sweet Mobile Home, which is really, it's about sort of the neighborhoods of New York and all the little ins and outs, and it, it's in like five or six different styles. And I can see that being an, a chapter saga of life in, in a big city kind of thing. And then just because, just because I'm going to throw in that it'll shock you. How about that? You ready for this one? Yep. Um, Queensryche Operation Mindcrime. Whoa. Wow. Which the guy I worked with used to play this at least once a week. And it is a, it, it's prog metal, I guess you'd call what the, what they did back yeah, then. Yeah, totally. And it, very political. It, it, they, they, they actually played concerts where they played the whole thing with video going on behind it. I can see that could be a very Orwellian sort of graphic novel. That sounds awesome. So that's what I got. Damn. I'm really glad that I'm going to make John go after you. <laughs> that well, all sounds amazing, though, Bob. Those are great choices. The follow-up, that if we're doing Prague, then we got to do Ru- no, Rush. Um, yeah. Sticks, Mr. Robot. No. Um, <laughs> I... The album that broke up Sticks. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. No. Uh, I thought when I thought of this, I thought of two, um, both of them were kind of, uh, of my, my, my nineties generational music era. 
Uh, I think you could do something really cool with uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah. Uh, their double album, concept album. You could do like a really cool space opera, sci-fi or uh, something along those veins. And then uh, probably the, the album that changed everything for me, you could do a really cool teen angst um, graphic novel with, with Nirvana, Nevermind. Ooh. I was thinking about that earlier. I didn't write it down, but it could it, have it could have some dark endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath the bridge, <laughs> that's where. Yeah, where the camera starts go. to pull out. What was that movie, River's Edge? Do you ever see River's Edge? No. Where they guy was um, Julian Glover, and it's like a group of teens, and they one of them kills somebody, and they all they all break down as they're trying to cover it up, and they can't tell. No. It's really it, it's very eighties, but it is nineteen eighty six. Yeah, it's one of those movies that just stays with you if you see it. Like I've only seen it once. Keanu Reeves, but it, yeah, young Keanu Crispin Reeves is in Glover. it. Yep, yeah, Crispin Glover, not Julian Glover. Um, and then, God, who else was Dennis there? Hopper? She was to, yeah, she was married to Ad Rock for a while. Ioni, Ioni Sky. I think Ioni yep. Sky is in that. Yep. So. As, Ooh, you could do something cool. As yeah. Sky Leech. You know, it's, it's, why not? <laughs> Sounds uh, like a supervillain somehow. I've never seen this. It's 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 a very much a, a period. Like it, it's very much an eighties movie. Right. It sounded a little bit like Stand by Me when you were describing it at first. What is yeah, the okay? It, it, hold on. What is this um, doll that's in the middle of a room? It looks like a like a bachelor party uh, blow up doll. Eddie, how to explain oh. explain yourself, John Burkle? I don't. What are you? I don't remember I'm that in the one. trailer for this movie. Maybe you need to watch it again. Oh no! Okay, I know what it is. Um, the kid, like at the beginning of the movie. Oh my god! A kid throws a doll into the water, like it's his sister's doll, and he's teasing her or something and he sees somebody across the river with a dead body and then um yeah and then like the i think that the guy kills the kid to keep it It just it just spirals out of control okay hold on a second yeah. i just saw someone in this trailer that if it's who i think it is i'm gonna freak out so i am going to look and see come on you can load faster than that the dude from Dumb and Dumber, one of the the assassins that was following them. Oh, the big guy. Yeah, his name was like Mental yeah. or something like that in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I think he's in this. He's the one that they kill with the um with the hot pepper, right? Yeah. I don't. Is he in this? What did I say? I said eighty six, right? Yeah, eighty six. That guy played. Uh, I think that guy played football and then went into. This is great TV, or this is great podcast. No, I'm wrong. People. I'm totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally wrong. It's on him. It looks just. It looks like a younger version of him, though. I could have sworn that it was him. Next, you're gonna say it's a younger version of Ogre. Oh, nerds! He's in Bloodsport too. Remember, he's Van Damme's buddy. Yep. Those Revenge of the Nerds movies did not age well. Let me tell you, that guy was a that guy was a bouncer in a Chicago bar when I w- I went to Chicago one weekend in college, and he was still doing it. 
he got so fed up with people screaming ogre. I thought he was going to slam my friend through a wall because my friend was so lit. He's just like, ogre. What if, what if D O what if C A T spelled dog? I'm like, he's going to hit you and you're going to deserve yeah, it. I would not want to piss that dude off, especially like no, near his prime. He was a large man. Yeah, no, thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are your, those are your answers, your albums. Yeah. Those are, yeah, that's those it. Those are good, man. You guys are picking stuff that everybody's going to know. And then I'm going to be over here in my little corner being like, remember this? <sighs> Do you remember the basses from tool? Yeah. You remember, remember, album remember the guy that, you know, formed <laughs> that super group with the, with the other people from that band. That, yeah. That was, that was, that was awesome. Remember when ministries touring, keyboard opened up speaking or- of which i'm going to see ministry in a oh really yep, i got in- tickets to see it is a, a it's a it's a like a big tour it's rob zombie alice cooper filter and who are we just talking about <laughs> ministry. ministry and ministry how does filter fit in i don't know Can but i will take a picture take a picture <laughs> I've seen Filter. I've seen Filter twice. I saw them in Jersey with Drain STH. Remember them? No. Remember I remember when they did the Spawn album and it was alternative rock with like DJ. So it was like it was Filter and the Crystal Method. Corn. And yeah, that was a cool that was a cool concept. Not as cool as the Crow soundtrack, but you know. The Crow soundtrack is epic. That first one yeah. is so good. City of Angels has got some tracks on it too, but that first one yeah. is classic. Oh, the um whole gold gold dust woman. I actually got almost in a in a screaming match with somebody because I said it was a better version than uh, Stevie Nicks. Oh. Sorry. Careful. It's truth. Careful now. Careful. I know. Uh, what do I have here for albums? Uh, I talked about this album a couple of weeks ago on the show. I have not stopped listening to it since. Um, I found a couple of other things since then, but I am obsessed with uh, Ethel Kane's Preacher's Daughter. Bob, you went and uh, listened to some of the tracks yes, from it this. It was really great. The only thing is it is not available physically. No, I know. I found this out the other day. I was shocked. Yeah. I tried to buy it on vinyl and there's only bootleg copies available. Yeah. But you can listen to it all streaming wise. You can go to YouTube and look at videos too. So it's yeah. cool. great vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would love to do a graphic novel to uh, Ethel Kane's preacher's daughter, kind of like a cross country revenge tale uh, about a woman tracking a man who had wronged her and maybe inside of her head, she can hear the voices of her ancestors who have also oh, been cool. wronged throughout the generations, kind of egging her on. Um, I'm I'm pulling pieces from the album. I was very convinced that a song was about one particular thing, and then I actually did some research, and it was about something wildly different. And uh, it really blew my mind and kind of opened the album up uh, to different interpretations. And I just, like Bob said, I love the overall vibe of the album. She's got an incredible voice, and uh, I'm dying dying to see her play live uh another one that i would do kind of off the beaten path there is a um british rap artist by the name of mike skinner who goes by the name the streets um there uh, his 2004 album called a grand don't come for free 
I would absolutely love to see as a graphic novel. I love albums that tell stories and have like a an overarching thread to them. And that's exactly what this album is. It starts with a breakup and he kind of brings you through the motions throughout each song and strange situations that he finds himself in getting very contemplative about, you know, what his next steps are, who he is as a person, that sort of stuff. Um, And it's all told in this very storybook way from event to event of his kind of emotional journey through realizing the shit that he did to break them up and how he can be a better person and then finding someone new by the end of the story and kind of moving into his next relationship all the wiser and um it's got a like just incredible progression to it really great callbacks in the lyrics and uh when you listen to it from beginning to end it really all comes together this is an album that i'll throw on from time to time if i have like a long drive if I'm like driving into a, a show in Toronto or something like this, I'll throw this on and listen to it uh, from front to back. And it's uh, still really good. I don't know about his, his later stuff. He put out an album in 2020 that I haven't heard, but um, Grand Don't Come For Free I is one of probably one of my favorite albums uh, of all time. And last but not least, I'm not going to get into this one too much because I might actually tell this story one day, but um the band, uh, the album "Marked for Death" by the artist Emma Ruth Rundle. What's that? Not by Steve. By Steve Seagal, no. <laughs> um, "Marked for Death" is Emma Ruth Rundle's one of her solo albums, and this is an album that came out. I think the last Comic Con that I attended. So let me see if I can find the year for this, but um. I was basically walking through the city streets, going from one venue to another because Comic-Con was very spread out uh, work-wise that year. Like you had the Javits, but then there were events happening for different shows and movies at different hotels. So we were taking cabs like all over the city, running from one hotel to another to do our interviews and film stuff and whatever. And um, it started to rain and I had my headphones on as I normally, as I you know always do. And I'm walking through the city streets and I started listening to Marked for Death. And the opening track is Marked for Death. And in the couple of minutes that it took to listen to that song, I came up with an entire arc for a comic book plot or story. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of notes. I still have them. Maybe one day I'll do something with them. But it is very much an assassin love story about two different assassins uh, who basically get set up for uh, the same job. And the assassin that you follow through the story basically falls in love with the person that he's supposed to be taking out. Um, But she's holding something over him. It's a whole thing. I have a whole bunch of notes. I have a a whole bunch of things plotted, um, but it's been sitting on the back burner for years but that song inspired that entire idea that I had. And I remember like I was late to our next meeting because I sat down with my zoom recorder and just spoke into mm-hmm. it to get all my ideas out uh, that I was having. And I've refined it over time. Uh, and I've actually pitched it to Bronwyn and I shared it with her. And um, 
she really loved it and she she particularly liked the ending that i had figured out for it so who knows maybe one day i will uh tap my comic book friends for some advice and sit down and get into some scripting once i have some more time under my belt uh but those are my answers very cool yeah i think that they would make for fine comics speaking of fine comics Let's talk about wow. the books I know. And look at look Sweet at us. Segue. That was awesome. <laughs> Joey would be so happy. Jo- 158. J- Joey, <laughs> 158, 9, 9.11 p.m. It's not even close to 10 o'clock. We're doing 8.11 here Central Time. It's all about the amount of people <laughs> we have on the show, really. I know. <laughs> Each person adds like another 40 minutes. All right. Uh Bob, what books are you thinking about picking up? That Girl's 15, Monica Rambeau 3, Wasp 2, FF4, Captain Marvel 46. Damn, that's a nice list. John, what are you getting? Uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight number 8, which is the final of that miniseries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nemesis Reloaded 2, Nightclub 3, Avengers Forever number 14, and X-Men number 19. Look at you giving Miller all your money. Of course. <laughs> of course. You could just have it. I've been giving my Miller my money since 2001. Ooh. No, I don't know. Something like that. Um. Wow. I feel like a fool because my list is gigantic. All right. Batgirl's 15, of course. Batman Incorporated, number five. And I am Batman, number 18. Batman, Batman, Batman. On the Marvel side, Captain Marvel number 46. I need to write Captain Marvel on my list. I have not read a Captain Marvel book probably in over a year. I, I need to I need to get in there. Uh, Fantastic Four number four. Really looking forward to that. I wrote down Nightcrawler's number one. We'll see. Come game day, I'll decide. Uh, Monica Rambeau yeah. Photon number three. Wasp number two. X-Men number 19. Did you say X-Men when you read your list? John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eight billion genies number seven feels like this has been away for a little while. I was kind of surprised to see this on the list, but this is coming back. Uh, still reading Grimm number eight is coming out. House of Slaughter number twelve. I hate Fairyland number four. Uh, Kea number five. The least we can do number six is coming out. Uh, Terry Moore's Parker Girls. Shirtless Bear Fighter two number seven. I'm a little surprised by how long Shirtless Bear Fighter two is going on for. Um, and then there's something called Torrent Number One coming from Image that uh, probably got to check out in the review folder, or whatever. I um, I need to make some cuts to this list. This list is too big. Oh, you take a we got to read away the DC stuff. You read the DC and Ultra. Yeah, I do. No? Yeah, I haven't I haven't bought yeah, a DC book what, since. Yeah, that's why I I don't put them on my list because I'm reading them a month later. But yeah, I'm reading all those things. Yeah, Batman Incorporated so much fun. I gotta be careful. I've started downloading the uh, universe stuff instead of just streaming them from page to page because oh, those yeah those wait times when those pages are loading. Like oh, I I pick up my you. phone and I start to play Marvel Snap and then all of a sudden I'm like four rounds into Marvel Snap before I start reading again and I've wasted yeah. like 22 minutes just you know, playing a game on my phone. I'm also starting to slip away from Marvel snap a little bit. I'm, I'm sad to say, Oh, I think they've, uh, I think the, the magic has finally lifted. It's a great game. I, it's a great game. I enjoy it. 
Uh, I'm disappointed with the, you can play your friends, you can verse your friends now. I was really hoping, like part of the appeal of this game, here I go talking about Marvel Snap before we get out of here. Um, Part of the appeal of this game to me is how quick each of the rounds are. Each round is six turns and there's a timer. So like there's a finite amount of time that a, that a, a match is going to take you. Uh, and so you can be in and out and it's a very bite sized game. You can get your fix really quick and get out PVP mode player versus player puts you in there and you have a health bar. And so you can play up to like five rounds or whatever it ends up being against your friends, which is fine. Only you're locked into the deck that you've chosen when you enter that first match until the end. So if I go to face off against one of my friends, which I've, I've done and I've played this, if I have a bum deck that can't combat them or doesn't stand a chance against their stuff, I have to sit there for like up to five rounds knowing that I'm going to lose because their cards totally cancel mine out. If you could switch decks in between rounds and really mix it up, I just think it would make for a better a better thing. Granted, like they just released this mode and they will likely refine it over time. Um, but I've been going in for the battle passes. I've been getting the new cards and stuff like that. But I don't feel compelled to play as much uh, as I used to. I'm kind of starting to get back on my Vampire Survivors kick on my phone for a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's my Marvel Snap update. Still a phenomenal game uh, for people that are into the meta and they're into the the culture that surrounds it. Uh, I'm starting to uh, chill a little bit. Anyway, nice. yeah, I know. Um, I know how much you all care. So I thought <laughs> I was on waiting on baited. Riveted. Breath. Riveted. Yes. <laughs> what bait were you using? Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. that ass. All right. Does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? What does even mean? You know what it means. Yeah. Look, it's my last show for like the next two weeks. I'm not going to be here. So we won't see you till March. Enjoy all of this while it lasts. (laughs) Get a load of this. And enjoy enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Seriously. I mean, I'll be talking to you guys in the chat and everything but um i hope everybody has a good time at the movies and you enjoy uh inevitably talking about it on the show that movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh that kang he's going to be our our guy for the next little while so i'm looking forward to seeing jonathan majors in anything but especially as kang the conqueror i think he's gonna knock it out of the park that's what i have to say about that uh, no closing statements from anyone? Uh-uh. All right. Nope. Uh, in that case, we reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or your questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And if you've got a couple of minutes, go and review us on Spotify. Give us five stars. Helps us move up in the ranks. Uh, and, you know, get in front of some other people. And we like that sort of thing. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics and Hive at Talking Comics and uh, Instagram at Talking Comics Podcast. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old fashioned email, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Burkle. 
I've been using John at Instagram a little bit more so people can find me. There. You posted on Instagram the other day of you doing your announcer thing at the swim meet. Yeah, I cannot tell you how excited I was almost embarrassed for myself by how <laughs> thrilled I was to see your name on that app. I was like, oh, my God, John posted something. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a picture of all my comics before I ship them out tomorrow. Oh, I mean, we're at the end of the show. I should have asked you if you wanted to talk about that more. Oh, we can talk about it another time. In like, I sold my comic collection, people. <sighs> it's a big deal. I found a couple of things that I think I might be able to like auction off at some point uh, in the future once all this house stuff is settled. We'll see. I've been, I've been getting rid of stuff left and right. Yeah, it's been very cathartic. Yeah, it's freeing. It's freeing. I like it. Yeah. We're getting rid of like more than half of our furniture with this move, and I'm very excited about it. All right. Uh, Joey is... I don't know if he's online. I see I see posts. I think he's on Instagram. I don't know. At Joey Brugino, probably. Uh, Aaron is at Aaron J. Amos. Bronwyn is at ShinyBabyB. Chris is the myth of Psyche. Online, I am at dead underscore anchorus. Uh, I guess uh, thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. I will see you on the flip side. So until the next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued. <laughs>